NBA playoffs have began. The NHL regular season is coming to a close. The MLB season is hot and ready in April. And we nearly had a perfect game on Wednesday night. Clayton Kershaw got pulled in the seventh. This is episode 197 of The Next Best Bet. I'm Jake Higgins with Brett Levy. And Brett, before we talk about how we did last episode, should Kershaw have been pulled there? Well, you know what, Higgins? I probably would have let him go for it. But, um, you know, this is a guy coming off injury, um, making his first start of the year. You know, they made a quote-unquote business decision, right? Uh, Fans are going to be upset. Maybe we think if Kershaw really wanted to be in there, he probably has earned the right in a Dodgers uniform to fight for the right to be on the mound. So um, I didn't hear any post-game comments from him, to be honest. So uh, I don't know what was exactly said. But, you know, I'm sure he basically uh, agreed with the manager there because I feel like if he wanted to fight for it, Higgins, he probably could have. It is April. It is the Dodgers who, I mean, the biggest complaint they had with their team last year was the management. And, Brett, I saw a graphic. Dave Roberts, the only manager to ever pull someone that late in a game with that low of a pitch count during a perfect game scenario. The other pitcher was Rich Hill back in 2016. That was in September, though, compared to Kershaw in April, so a little bit different. Quick look at how we did last episode. I hit my pick of the pod. Tiger Woods did make the cut, so not only was that a win for me, Brett, that was a loss for you, but I did have to take a loss from all the way back last year. 2021 still keeps kicking me, and Steph Curry... He was not the scoring leader. We haven't found out the end of the year awards to find out if your future hit Brett. But, I mean, the regular season's over. You can tell who the scoring leader was. It was Joel Embiid. It was not Steph Curry. Yeah, well, Higgins, don't feel bad. Josh Giddy is not the rookie of the year. Probably going to be, um, well, I guess shouldn't say probably, but appears like it could be Evan Mobley. Although I think Scotty Barnes uh, really deserves it. Uh, had a really great season from beginning to end. Mobley's a great candidate. Kate Cunningham, great candidate. Josh Giddy was only Western Conference Rookie of the Month every month. You know, put up a great <laughs> effort, Higgins. But um, there were three really, really, really good players in the East that all happened to be rookies. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about those NBA end of the year awards a little bit later in our NBA segment. Real quick, before we get into our picks, let's talk about our Beginners Boulevard. Trot back to an old tried and true favorite term, the run line. And Brett, it is baseball season. We could have talked about this last episode with the season kicking off. But the run line, it's terminology for betting the spread in baseball. And Just like hockey with the puck line, it is typically going to be set at minus one and a half for the favorite for a pregame line. Yeah, I think uh, you summed it up pretty well there, Higgins. And obviously an important term for the next few months here as uh, baseball will be what we're talking about in the summer, Higgins, day in, day out, uh, waiting for football season to come. And look, we're all excited because we've got a ton going on in the NBA right now with the playing games. The NHL season is still 
underway. Higgins, they're not even in the postseason yet, but uh, we know when June rolls around. It's baseball, 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 so getting familiar with the run line early is important. The biggest difference between the puck line and the run line as well is the fact that a puck line, there's the opportunity with an empty netter that you can get an easy goal to go up by two. There's not really the equivalent of that in baseball, I guess. I mean, you can't really intentionally get a, give an intentional home run away. You can intentionally walk someone, but you can't give away an intentional run. Yeah, it's, it's hard to give uh, an intentional run. I guess what you could do, Higgins, is if you have a... Um, what would it be? It would be plus one and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, home team. So a plus one and a half home team, they would then get last licks if they were losing the game. So you kind of get a second shot that way, I guess. Absolutely. That, you, that would be the way to quote unquote rig it there. Yeah. Let's take a look at our MLB picks on Thursday, though, Brett. I think there is a fantastic NL Central matchup that's going to be going down between the Cardinals and the Brewers. We got Adam Wainwright and Brandon Woodruff facing off. That is, if this game does end up taking place, there was a postponed game on Wednesday. So all these players are going to be rested. But Brett, with these arms on the mound, I'm going to be going under eight here. I think that We saw Wainwright, he came out pretty well in his first outing. Woodruff, he may not have had his best outing that we were hoping for, but he can absolutely jump back out and come back strong. I think that we're going to see Woodruff have a rebound performance here. And under 8, it may sound low, but in baseball, it could be a 2-1 score. Yeah, well, that's interesting, Higgins. Um I feel like if you wanted to, maybe you bet that for the first five, maybe like an under mm-hmm. in the first five. That way, so you're really only betting the starters. But um, yeah, I think that's a very fair take that this game will be low scoring here uh, with Wainwright and Woodruff on the mound. If you did want to take that in the first five, uh, I'm seeing the over-under is set to be around two and a half it looks like yeah so the you know the books are agreeing with you higgins they think those starters are pretty good there so um look i think you're reading the game right in terms of the starting pitching we just have to see how far they go because you mentioned kershaw getting taken out in the seventh and he had a perfect game going so Mm -hmm. uh you know it, it might be a pretty tight leash on a lot of these guys Uh, Heading over to another game, Higgins, I'm looking over at the biggest game of the day. Everyone's going to be watching the Nats and the Pirates. Can't Mm -hmm. get enough Nats-Pirates. I actually can't believe it's not on all the major networks, Higgins. (laughs) Uh, Just at once. Like, just stop everything else. We don't need the NBA playoffs, Higgins. (laughs) Cancel all the NHL games. The Pirates and Nationals are squaring off. Uh, this is going to be awful, Higgins. No one's going to watch this one. Um, but there is a 0% chance I'm taking uh, a team with Juan Soto as do- – or excuse me. There's a 0% chance I'm betting against a team with Juan Soto that's uh, underdogs here, Higgins. So give me Juan Soto and the Nats plus 106. Uh, that's just like got to be automatic kind of. 
uh, against Pittsburgh. Anyone that's a dog against Pittsburgh, they're clearly a live dog. Yeah, both of these pitchers, not a great start for their first outing either. So that's why you're seeing that over-under sitting at nine, maybe nine and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. I think that should be a very offensive-heavy game, I would say. Yeah, well, neither neither team's offense is particularly great either, though. Yeah. The last game that I like on Thursday, Brett, heads... Well, I guess it technically it heads out west, but really it's heading south to Texas because the Texas Rangers are hosting the Los Angeles Angels, and Shohei Otani is going back on the mound. I think he's going out there, and he's going to earn himself a win. He's going to get a quality start. Maybe he even gets himself out of his hitting slump to help himself do it. Minus 135 on the money line. I like the Angels in this position. Yeah, uh, I think that is a fair take, Higgins. I think Angels with Otani on the mound, you have to feel pretty good about their chances. Although the Angels' big three have not gotten off to the hottest start. That's Rendon, Otani, and Trout. Uh, So Trout at least has put a few balls over the fence, Higgins. Hopefully he can do that again against uh, the Rangers. But I totally agree if, if... I see these two teams squaring off. I definitely think the Angels are the better roster. Uh, probably have the better bullpen, too, after Otani. Well, exactly. The Angels stars, they've been in a rut, basically, as a whole. But the Angels themselves are still 500 at 3-3 three and three to start the season. Meanwhile, the Rangers, they're 1-4 and four to start the year. So if the Angels can just get one of those three guys to have a hot night, maybe it's Trout that hits a home, another home run. Maybe it's Rendon that gets back to his Nationals ways. Or maybe Otani lights it up on the mound or helps himself out in the batter's box. I think minus 135 with Otani on the mound, that's where absolutely your eyes should be set on. Yeah. I think that's a very fair, Higgins. Smart smart bet there. I like it. And then moving into the NHL on Thursday night as well, Brett, there's one game that did catch my eye. There's a big NHL slate on Thursday. <laughs> I, I only took one game out of it on Wednesday night, though, and that's the Blues facing off and traveling to Buffalo to head and face the Sabres. Now, the Blues are still the best team against the spread in the NHL at 45 and 28. On the road, they're 21 and 14. The Blues, they're also playing for something. They, in terms of playoff seeding, they are tied for second with the Minnesota Wild in the Central with 96 points apiece, but they don't have that tiebreaker, so technically they're in third. And also, they don't have the biggest lead over the wild card either, so. The NHL season ends at the very end of April. The Blues are in this position where they need to lock up some divisional seating and not fall back into that wild card slot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and they do get a multi-goal win against the Sabres. The Sabres coming out flat. Blues, they're on a six-game winning streak. They just need it more. Yeah, I... um. Really don't have much to add, Higgins. Not watching a ton of Blues or Sabres hockey, but I think the reasons you laid out would signal the Blues. Of course, it's that time of year, Higgins, where, you know, teams find motivation in just keeping someone else out of the playoffs, making Mm -hmm. them miserable. So we'll see what happens in Buffalo, but uh, 
I, I like the side you're on. I like your logic there. I like your read on the situation. Just don't tell your fiance I'm betting against Buffalo. Oh, she's already she. You should hear the banging on the door, Hagen. <laughs> she is coming for you. All right. Well, I said we were going to talk more about NBA end of the year awards, and before we talk about the picks for the NBA playoffs that we have for this upcoming weekend, because that's really the games that we have to talk about, and the ones starting on Saturday. Brett, before we get to those. Futures odds, you hinted a little bit at the Rookie of the Year with how strong the candidates are out of the East that even though Josh Giddy performed so well and was the clear-cut Western Conference Rookie of the Year, he's probably not going to win the overall NBA Rookie of the Year. What about these other awards? It looks like some of these, they're down to either just being one-man races or two-man races. Yeah, I, I guess you're right, Higgins. Uh, I think MVP... Pretty interesting here. Um, you know, there's an Embiid camp. There's a Jokic camp. Um, I'm sure Which there's camp a group. Are you? I'm sure there's a group for Ja, too. Uh, Giannis, right? There's a few names. Um, for me, Higgins, I think what Nikola Jokic had to do for Denver to be successful this year, um, not, not to take away from Joel Embiid, right? No... Center has led the league in scoring since Shaquille O'Neal. So mm-hmm. it's been a while since Shaq retired, and it's been even longer since he led the league in scoring. So, you know, I don't know the exact—maybe it was like oh one two thousand, like right around there. It was his first or second year with the Lakers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was like obviously that's a huge deal. He's the best player on his team arguably the best player on the floor night in and night out, maybe unless he's going up against Kevin Durant Higgins. But um, I think, I think Jokic carrying the Nuggets, being the true, you know, really only guy who's an all-star on that roster right now. Uh, Jamal Murray, great player, injured all season. Michael Porter Jr., not very much, many games with him in the lineup this year. So, uh, you know, they traded for Aaron Gordon last year at the deadline. He's a nice role player, Higgins, but not like a true number two superstar type. So uh, that's why I lean Jokic. But uh, I, I think there's a number of good candidates. Um, and, you know, some people are saying Devin Booker as well from Phoenix. Obviously best record in the league. He was their best player this year. Chris Paul missing some time there uh, towards the end of the year. So, uh, lots of good guys. And I I understand why some people are throwing out Devin Booker's name, John Morant's name. To me, it's really a big man's discussion, though. It's Jokic, Embiid, and if you want to be ambitious, you can throw Giannis in there. But I don't think he's really gotten the attention and he's had too much support around him that it's really going to be between Embiid and Jokic. And personally, I'm in the Embiid camp because I don't think that it should discredit him from the MVP race that the Sixers got Harden and suddenly he didn't have to be their entire offense like he was all year. He still was able to put up the numbers that he was putting up before they got Harden, he just didn't have to necessarily be as flashy and be the only show for it. So 
I think it's Embiid's MVP, personally. But I I do see that I'm in the minority before, but all these books closed out their finals odds. I did grab an Embiid MVP prop at plus 275. It had Jokic at a minus 300 favorite, I believe. But I think it's going to be really be down between those two. And it's part of the context that I have for my NBA picks, Brett, because I, I didn't pick any individual games from Saturday. I picked series winners from the opening series. And one of those is the Warriors Nuggets series. And the Nuggets at plus 180, I don't understand how you can be picking an MVP off of a team that's going to be a first round underdog. And I think if he's going to be in the MVP conversation, if he does very well potentially win it like he's the favorite to do now, then the Nuggets better win their first round. So plus 180, I'm grabbing them against the Warriors who have struggled with Clay coming back, who have struggled with James Wiseman and injuries, and I don't know if Steph Curry can carry them. I, I bet on Steph Curry to be the league leader in scoring, and he didn't do that for me. I don't know if I can back the Warriors in playoffs right now. Yeah, well, Steph's status uh, uncertain for Saturday, which will be the first game of the series. Uh, he's recovering from a foot injury, Higgins, so we don't even know what Steph will look like when he's out there, although I'm sure he'll look pretty dang good. Um, but yeah, that's why people are liking the Nuggets here uh, at that price. So I can't say I blame you for taking your shot. You've got... You know, Jokic going up at plus 480. Uh, just need Doesn't need to win every game, Higgins. Just needs to win four of seven. So, uh, can't say I hate the bet. Don't love the bet either. I think it's a popular dog play, Higgins. So, sometimes, uh, you know, with popular dogs, it turns the other way and uh, everyone looks silly. But I think... Everything you said about Nikola Jokic being a great player, the question marks being there for the Warriors, uh, I think that's all really relative, and it's why a lot of betters out there are taking the Nuggets in this series. I think it's going to be an interesting series, too. It, I don't think it's going to be very quick on either side. I think it could be a six to seven game series, depending on who wins this, and if you look at last year and the way the Nuggets were able to beat Portland and were really able to outscore Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum's duo of a shooting tandem, it was through Jokic, who was the top scorer in every single game of that opening series. I think that's what they're going to have to do again. They're going to have to make it big man's ball. And the Warriors, James Wiseman's not big enough to deal with Nikola Jokic. Jokic is going to just take advantage of that matchup all series, I think. Yeah, well, I I mean, it doesn't matter, but I wouldn't even expect Wiseman to, to play a minute. That, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But there is, I'm also betting on another series, Brett, because like I said, I'm not going to be betting on any of the individual games as of now. The Mavericks versus the Jazz. The Jazz without Mike Conley has been interesting. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert don't have nearly the relationship or uh, the facilitation of the ball is not nearly as good without Conley on the floor. And the Mavs, they have had a history of not making it out of the first round so far. So this is an interesting matchup for me. 
to look at. But I think this is where Luka takes that next step in his NBA story. Everyone looks at him to be a superstar. If he's going to be a superstar, he needs to make it out of the first round at some point in the playoffs. Is it this year? Can he do it against this team? I think he has the tools to do it. He's been playing rather well this season, and I think he does have it in his bag, especially with a Jazz team that hasn't necessarily been the strongest this year. Yeah, um, you know, Luka is going to be the best player on the floor in this series, Higgins. Jazz probably have the next three best players, so uh, should be a pretty interesting matchup here. Uh, I think... Mavs Jazz could go the full seven games. I really like Quinn Snyder as a coach, Higgins. Big fan of him. Uh, I've got some good friends with the Mavs as well, so uh, I know they'll be well prepared. So, um, look, no real feel on who comes out of this series, but uh, I will say this you know, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, these guys probably know this is their last. Uh, go around together if they don't get it done. So um, we'll see if that has any impact. Yeah, and by the way, I, I mentioned it, Conley being out. I don't know why I did. He's full strength for this uh, series. But I think it's going to be interesting. I think Luca needs to take that next step. He's going to be challenged in this series, though, absolutely. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be a competitive series for sure. I've got two individual game picks, Higgins, looking over to the uh, Tuesday night uh, champions of the world, Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Higgins, I think there's a slight advantage in game one to having played a quote-unquote playoff game already. Um, You know, you just have a feel for the atmosphere, a feel for the intensity uh, a feel for what the preparation's like. So um, I like the Timberwolves uh, in general. I like them in game one to cover the six and a half at Memphis. I think they're young and stupid, Higgins, and they don't know what they don't know. And uh, Anthony Edwards is electric. He's a player that can win you a game for sure. Well, the writing was on the wall for the Timberwolves to get that win over the Clippers with Pat Beverly. I mean, the emotion that he showed after that game and how much that meant to him, I think they'll be riding high. And if they can take that momentum into this series, they can sneak a early win potentially on one of these away games that they've got. But man, the Grizzlies... That is a young, talented team. Are they going to be able to keep up the, the momentum from the story that they've been all season long? Or is that young, flashy team going to kind of fold under, under the pressure after getting to the bright lights that they're at right now? It's going to be interesting to see how Memphis responds now that it's playoff time, I think. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Memphis. I think this is more about Minnesota just coming off a big game. Uh, and uh, having a little bit of an advantage that way. Maybe they've gotten some of their jitters out, stuff of that nature. Um, And I think they can keep it close. I I just need them to cover Higgins. Don't even need them to win outright. So the next game I'm going to, I do need the team to win outright and win big Higgins. The Bucks are taking on the Bulls. 
And this is my take, Higgins. You ready? I hope you're sitting down. It looks like you are, so I can I give I the take. He's holding on. He's buckled in, ladies and gentlemen. Higgins, the Bulls stink. Uh, so <laughs> that is my take. And uh, Milwaukee will cover the 10. I got to be honest. Everyone has talked so much shit on the Bulls and how they expect them not to be able to handle any sort of playoff series that it has me worried about some sort of dark horse factor that this team might be able to do. I don't believe in the Bulls either. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in the NBA playoffs, but something in the back of my mind is just tingling. Stay away. Fair enough, Higgins. I'm, uh, I'm hopping all over that 10, and by the time game tips off, I would expect, and this is just a guess, but Chicago's a big market in the NBA, I would expect more money to be on Chicago on the spread. Not the money line, but the spread, uh, than Milwaukee. Okay. Okay, well, that's that's an interesting one, and we'll see how that game goes. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Those games are on Saturday, so we do have some time. Those lines can change a lot, by the way, between now and then. Uh, we have games wrapping up right now that will affect the eight seeds that are going to be coming in as well, so we don't even have all of those first-round matchups fully decided. Brett, before we get out of here, though, Levy Lock, pick of the pod, not only did you say you don't want the honors anymore, but I've been able to win recently since having the honors. So I'll go first again. Don't worry. And I'm going to go Angels Moneyline. Like I said, Otani on the mound. He got a loss to start his uh, career on the mound or start his season on the mound. Excuse me, not career, his season. I think he turns it around here against a team that's not nearly as challenging in terms of the Rangers. And... Like I said, if him or Trout or Rendon can get any of themselves out of this rut that they're in, then I think they'll get this win. They're already minus 135 favorites, and this is a road series for them. So I think they do escape with the win here. All right, fair enough, Higgins. You took a baseball team for your pick of the pod. I'll take a baseball players team for <laughs> my Levy Lock. A-Rod owns the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves are going to own plus six and a half the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, taking the T-Wolves on the spread here, Higgins, taking the six and a half points, I think there's a slight advantage to having that play-in game, getting some of those jitters out, getting a feel for the intensity, the preparation, uh, what it's like to play in the playoffs, just what the fouls are going to be like. All of it, Higgins, coaching decisions too. So uh, I, I think the Wolves will keep this one pretty close here. I agree, especially playing a young team like the Grizzlies that might be walking in the playoffs feeling this is a little different than the regular season. It'll be interesting. NBA playoffs, you can tell the vibe is already fully changed We've had a fantastic week, though, Brett. I mean, last week was the Masters, and if golf wasn't your thing, there was a great UFC card on on Saturday night that literally led right up to the Formula One race in Australia that was going on. It was hard to be able to tear myself from the TV to go to bed on Saturday night. We had March Madness right into the Masters. Now we got the NBA playoffs 
You were talking about the dog days in the summer for baseball. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon, though. Well, Higgins, I guess that's the difference between you and me. You will never hear me say, boy, I was watching the UFC card all the way to the Formula One race. Uh, hey. that, that statement will never come out of my mouth, sir. Well, sounds like someone hasn't watched the Netflix show that's Formula One's version of Hard Knocks, basically. It's fantastic. All right, fair enough. All right, well, this has been episode 197 of The Next Best Bet. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NBBpod, at Next Best Bet on Instagram, and The Next Best Bet Facebook page and YouTube channel. This has been Next Best Bet. For Brett, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys again soon.